Hello and welcome to Roto Brits. This is a UK fantasy baseball podcast, and I am your host, Peter Pratt. Hope everyone is doing well, and we are back with the third base preview pod. Of course, Ryan Owen is joining me. Ryan, how are we doing? Yeah, yeah, good. We're we're at the uh, end of the diamond where things start to get rough. In fact, I'm not even sure that we should associate third base with diamonds, um, but I'm sure we're going to get to it. Well, hopefully, there's a few diamonds in the rough perhaps and maybe we'll get into them and dig dig deep but anyway to help navigate us through third base he's back again for his second appearance on Roto Brits but equally he is back for the third base position preview Rudy Gamble is back in the house how are we doing doing well welcome doing back well. thank you thanks for having me um yeah excited to talk about third base again it's like I know there was one one time I got invited for something and it was like for catchers and I'm like Ooh. What did I ever do to you? Like, <laughs> oh, like boy. third th- third base is like fun. I mean, like outfield, you have to like designate a whole day. Correct. Uh, and yeah, and other people like to geek out on pitchers more than me. So yeah, third base works. Yeah. And as we said, you came and joined us last year and we covered yeah. third base, which is the beauty now because we get to reflect as well. This is the, this is the fun bit. Um, mm. Go back and listen to what we actually said in 2021. How how close were we? I'll give you know if you don't want to go back, guys, and, and listen to ninety minutes worth of quality content. I'll give I'll give you an insight. We were pretty damn close on many many guys. Yeah, I knew it. There you go. There was one yeah. or two misses, but in the main, yeah. we were good. No, it's like yeah, I, I don't remember. I I I usually remember a few of my preseason calls, but it's the ones that you get right or wrong in your drafts that you actually take yeah those are the ones that stick with me so it's like yeah i, I was like i'm like i remember i don't know why i switched off at devers but i had him mm. on a couple early teams and that that was just a that was just wonderful yeah and um and i think i had riley's throughout my teams like i, I you know um so that one was good mm-hmm. and um and i had alex bomb on alec bomb on both of my main event teams so uh, clearly remember that one. It yes. Is, uh, <laughs> brutal. Brutal. Brutal's right. Uh, you know, I've listened back to that episode already today. I was at the gym, thought this perfect time. Uh, we were high on the average and said the average is absolutely there for Alec Baum. Um, <sighs> you know. Yeah. He really. No, he, I mean, he was a mess. And I know I had a, uh, I know Mike Gianella kept telling me that his glove was a mess. And that's, mm. that's always something you worry about because with like rookies, or at least younger players, but I mean the playing time. That's what this like. Him falling a bit short on playing time was like, like a mercy killing. <laughs> like that, that was yeah. euthanasia on on like a bad season. I don't know if he was even on my teams anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. The big issues. Yeah. He he um, really had major issues, and I think that pointed to maybe a larger challenge I had last year, and partially because I'm dependent I, I work with like steamer and everything but 2021 was the year where you had really bad previous year projections mm. you know and i mean like it was prorated so it's a point where like 2020 stats weren't used in the same way that 2021 are used now like they were so there's more dependence on previous years but for guys like bomb with poor track with limited track records because yep. it was actually a quite lovely track record um there was just more inherent risk um so yeah we felt the I pain that, yeah i mean and he, but he didn't even have an injury like cabrian did to to kind of yeah to him. lean on <laughs> was yeah, the excuse. At, least, at least you could say that it's like no but and do you think the power i mean we're not going to just talk about alec bomb for an hour but do you think the power is going to come along for bomb like even if he figures the other stuff out like if he if he figures out how to get the contact percentage back to a reasonable position and right you know he's hitting the ball quite hard when he does make contact but there's just something I, last year the niggle for me was actually a lack of power i never expected him to hit 245 it's... but it happened um yeah the power? oh I, I think i mean 
he's a big guy. So I'm not, I'm not worried about the power. If he figures everything out, if he just gets the his swing right, the power's there. The only, the only thing that could keep down someone like him is if like he has the extremely high ground ball rate, the yeah. the Yandy Diaz problem. Actually, the third baseman he's succeeding, Michael Franco, <laughs> actually is what like those are two of like the few cases, and Yandy's still to be written his his story. But like Michael Franco is one of the only guys I could think of that was completely felled by the fact he could not hit the ball in the air. All these, there's people like love to talk about, it, but a lot of the guys that that happened early in their career corrected themselves. Maybe mm. Puig a little bit didn't, but I, I know Matt Kemp hit a lot of ground balls very early in his career. And it was clear the guy had power and he had some huge years. So I just think Alec has got to figure it out wh- whether he does it in AAA or on the team, but uh, you've got a compounded problem that he can't really play third base. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got a first baseman. So, and I don't know if this early they're going to, I mean, if he has the bat to warrant DHing, but that might not be the worst thing in the world on that team. Mm. Maybe you never know. Maybe, I mean, the Phillies outfield is looking a little bit thin apart from Bryce. Maybe there's a bit of left field. Tr- we, yeah. maybe. we we don't no, that... need to talk about the Phillies. Okay, boys, let's let's keep let's we, we get really it rolling. Don't, Mike, oh, okay, let's get it rolling. Then I, I don't want to send Ryan into a depression. No, Lee, I'm here to have fun. I'm not here to talk about the Phillies. <laughs> well, Ryan, let's okay. let's get into this third base uh, itself. It's it looks thin from the outside looking in. There's at the moment just about seven guys going in the top 100 um, uh, via ADP anyway. The top guy you've loved ever since we've ever spoken about fantasy baseball, so that's a clear one. But just in in general, with what seems to be a lack of talent, how are you approaching third base this year? Oh uh, yeah, well, we don't need to talk about Ramirez too much, do we? Um, we don't. obviously, if my opinion is given what you've just said about third base, if you can, I would take him before I took Trey Turner probably because. Right, because of that very reason, I you know I, that's just my personal preference. I, I've long thought that Ramirez is a top three to five value fantasy baseball player, and you've just been getting him at like the back end of the first round for yeah. some bizarre reason, or even second round for a little while now. Um, beyond that, it, I don't, it's pretty thin, um, but that's okay. Like if you don't get Jose Ramirez, you're going to find value in some way and as we get into discussing some of these guys the 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 trick is to you know as ever pick up your third baseman at the right time and i'm you know i don't know it feels like devers and machado are in their own little mini yeah bubble i think i think um and i don't know whether we're going to get agreements (laughs) on that i mean obviously riley took a massive step forward uh last year but mm. i think i would still peg him slightly below those two guys um just given that um i mean his hit percentage was really high last season and so i'm not sure when we say we can't trust the batting average from last year i think you definitely can't trust it and it could tumble quite quickly um mm. like quite severely um there's no doubt in that the power's there but he isn't going to steal any bases and i think he's more of a batting average risk than devers and, and machado so yeah i think that's cool. fair um rudy just uh on you know j ram he's mm-hmm. as ryan mentioned he's ascended up the board this year in terms of where he's going yes Wh- well how are you seeing this are you taking him 101 if you have the i mean that, it depends where you pick him yeah. but no, I mean, I have him, um, he's 11th on my board. Oh, wow. Um, I, I, and I could see why one would move him up because of the stolen bases, where it's just his strongest category. Mm. I have him for, um, thing keeping him back. And now, I mean, he's he's best in the stuff that in homers and stolen bases, and those are the two that I think there's a, an argument. Uh, when I when I basically reverse engineer ADP homers and stolen bases get the highest weight. Now, mine is like basically each is weighted equal. Mm-hmm. The, the, the market says homers and stolen bases. There's some credence to that because um, 
those are uh, a little more stable year over year from a, a rate standpoint. I mean, obviously a guy plays 300 or 600 plate appearances. Um, that's not going to, that's things are going to change. Um, so the challenges with him are the other three stats. One, it's not a great lineup, but last year he got like, I think a hundred runs and RBIs. I mean, but it's surprising because that's really not a good lineup. No. <laughs> um, so and remembering also that NL is now DH, um, that, you know, like that's going to even bring it down further because the NL lineups are going to be a little bit better. Um, so comparatively, the runs and RBIs are a little bit of a risk, um, you know, and then the average, you know, did tumble last year. His contact rate's always been great. Um, but I think as Babip, I think the last two full years hasn't been very good kind of like his old teammate Lindor where at a certain point you kind of go maybe there's you know like this could be a 290 hitter if they wanted to be hmm. but they're in effect a 260 hitter because they want to hit the home runs which is worth it in real baseball and arguably fantasy but um so yeah I've got him I, I'm not he's not going to end up being on any of my teams where I have him yet but um, clearly, I do have a number one third baseman. So, sure. um, but yeah, and uh, yeah, he's he's definitely one of the first guys. Um, that yeah, from a stolen base side, it's like okay, you, that's one team where you're like okay, at least you've gotten you've gotten a good start. For sure, no, absolutely. Versus so, the Vlad guy, where you're like, I wonder what that guy's getting on the <laughs> second and third round. Well, exactly. I mean, we'll maybe get into one or two of those a little bit later down where you have to maybe, uh, if you take a Vlad and then you're thinking, okay, where's my speed coming? Um, perhaps there's one or two names in this pool. There's definitely one, but yeah. it's, it's an interesting point. I think when I listened back to last year, last year's episode, the theme that I wrote down was roster construction, really. When, when you were talking about making picks... It yeah. wasn't just the picks, it was the roster construction piece. And that really hit home to me about piecing everything together and how one pick adjoins to another and connects to another. I think that's so important just more broadly for the listeners to consider, not just are you getting the best dude, but how does it blend and mesh with the rest of your roster and how are you going to construct the roster? Because you were talking about DJ LeMayhew at one point and just saying, hmm... It's okay, but it's unlikely I'm going to need his elite skill, which would be the the average, because I've probably already got that from the hitters already. So it's I'm just can't see him fitting into my team. You know, I'm paraphrasing slightly, but that was effectively no, what you were you, you were saying. Yeah, no, that that's definitely my kind of language. Yeah, that um, yeah, I mean, I've been looking. I, I did an analysis yesterday that I was into. I wanted to look at, like I said, the the market basically fades average a bit or my average projections. So think of it as like partially, it's like, well, we I have more alignment with the market on Homer and stolen base projections versus average. Um, and uh, partially because they just don't buy average, right? Um, and Gray, my counterpart, is even more of an average fader. So his teams usually look awful on my war room based on average. Um, but I am kind of looking at it. And so it makes someone like LeMahieu even less attractive to me mm. because as I'm looking and I'm trying to decide between two guys and one guy is a little bit more average heavy, I'm almost, I'm almost kind of forcing myself to be like, mm, avoid him. You're going to get to, av you're going to get your average fine because the market discounts it and you're looking at it. So when it, everything equal, avoid that. So yeah. So LeMahieu was in, easy fade for me mm. um and just like i mean even on, on my numbers like araya shows up pretty high and it's like he's not going to be on any of my teams no ever. um because i just don't i don't want to create a hole um like creating an extra creating like a cushion that you could eventually cash in on so let's say you had a lot of average and then you're like okay i'm gonna get joey gallo or mm -hmm. some like adalas garcia or someone else who's an average sieve um Maybe even Eugenio Suarez. Oh, but oh boy, let's not go back there. <laughs> uh, but probably not. Um, yeah, it's just an easy way for me to think. Like, I'm just avoiding kind of guys who are awful on average, awful on homers, because mm -hmm. those are the those are the two where it's just like, uh, like it, it, 
you don't want to have to chase it and average you can't chase um you know there's the unicorns like arias or maybe like what was it last year madrigal maybe like nick horner like though oh, just awful well, so, the thing um, is to you know to get the benefit of someone like Arias as well. It's all right saying they're going to hit two ninety or three hundred, and, and they probably are. But to get the benefit of that, you have to put this guy in your lineup that's going to hit three home runs all season. And I mean, what what is the likelihood that you're going to leave this guy for the whole season in your starting lineup? While every day you look at the box score and you just think, what the hell is this? Right. So I think I think yeah, for average, a lot of it is like just drafting a. <coughs> a team without any average sieves and in general, you know, that should be pretty helpful for runs as well, since that should correlate uh, with, uh, with on base percentage. Um, but yeah, so I am looking, you know, particularly as early picks is, you know, is this kind of a foundation I'm looking for? Um, and yeah, I mean, kind of leading to like those two guys after Jose Ramirez, Devers and Machado mm -hmm. clearly you're you're passing up on speed plays um there I, I don't you know like by the time Machado goes I don't know how many speed plays are left but there's there's definitely a bunch of a few guys around there that um that you know you're passing up on for that um but aside from the stolen bases they're really good in those four categories that's just great foundational piece um yeah i think verse 80 i've got both those guys about at adp you know like yeah but you know like it's it, it's within margin of error so i think they're good picks it's really the question whether i'm going to go devers verse um and i've got it filtered to third base so like yeah starling marseille is in that range for example yeah like well that's someone i have i think lowered down i think there's um but you know, but let's just say it was like, no, Bryce Harper thinks off the board. Let's say Luis Robert. You know, if that if you know, between those, it really comes down to like the speed play, mm -hmm. and it's like, um, so and that that just really depends on on the draft and where you're picking and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think Devers Machado. I mean, like you don't really have to think about it as long as that that there's. Uh, You've you've got a speed plan, and maybe it was getting speed in the first round. Mm -hmm. um, not from Jose Ramirez, I would hope. If you're gonna the, <laughs> double down the third, on third base, the, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Po pocket pocket hot corners. <laughs> new. That's a new strategy. Yeah, there you go. No, um, that's not well, advice, by the way, for anyone no. listening. That don't do it. Right. Don't. I mean, I mean, now in reverse corner, hot pockets is a, is a totally different, different thing that I also would avoid. Um, do not, do not eat hot pockets. Um, but um, yeah. And then I think the fourth guy you kind of mentioned as like the guy that's not quite in tier two, Austin Riley, um, who was, yeah, provided tons of profit last year. Hmm. Um, yeah. I'm, Right now, I'm a little ahead. I, I do kind of. I agree that yeah, he's obviously nothing on speed. He's a, to me, he's yeah, he's a homer RBI play. That surprisingly on on steamer in my projections are is okay on average. Um, you know, I, I do like players at this level in, at this part of their career to slowly make gains on contact rate, which leads to average. Um, Chris Bryant was kind of the first guy that jumped to mind. Um, that's where it first kind of like stuck in my head. Like mm. don't. And so we had Austin Riley going into last year is this guy. Oh my God, he has so much swing in this. And now he kind of jumped a bit. It's like, there's still, I think room to jump further. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't view him as an average foundation piece, No. Uh, but just, but just, let's just call him a non civ. And I, I do have him better on average than, kind of the next third the next kind of group of third basemen coming up well there's one interesting name talking about speed knocking around that i mean is a sieve yeah. in many ways perhaps but mondesi's sitting there he's still going around 50th overall adp wise oh boy how is it... i'll throw it out to both of you guys are either of you interested in mondesi 
fiftieth overall right now. Like, are you willing to take the gamble? And it, you know, pardon the pun, but like, yeah. it, it is a gamble, right? True gamble with Mondesi. I'm not opposed to it if you've draft. I mean, like the, the I mean, it, it does seemingly pair with a with a Vlad start. Mm. Um, I mean, you're. you're now, I mean, he's at 51. I mean, he's got some range to there. Um, so if we just say larger fourth round pick, I mean, to me, it only makes sense if basically you're, you're, you're low on speed and you've built up particularly on Homer's RBIs. Um, I mean, to me, the, a big change that's happened over the last year is that um, I mean, obviously, you had Nicky Lopez actually do something, but I'm still, you know, you've had, but I feel like Bobby Witt coming up, he's earmarked for top of lineup. Like it, there, there was a point where, like, he started the year last year thinking Mondesi is going to have a very good chance of hitting in the top three of a mm-hmm. lineup, which is really good for plate appearances, which leads to volume stats and also run RBIs per at bat. Um, I don't see it. Like, I, I mean, I, I kind of, if I think like, what's going to be, it's going to be like in June, it's like if a healthy Mondesi, like put him like sixth or something, he's not a great player. He's not good for OBP. Why, why clutter that? I mean, I'd rather have, you know, Witt and Merrifield up there. Mm. Um, you know, so, um, so there's little concerns there. Obviously the health is big. Um, <laughs> definitely is, you know, uh, yeah, it, I'm, I'm okay with it. I do, I doubt I'd put myself in a position. I, I, I don't see myself putting my position very often where I I'm so lacking in speed mm-hmm. that that's the thing that brings me back into alignment, but it's, you know, I think if you could pull it off, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Ryan, I mean, what about... yeah, sorry, ahead. Rudy, go on. No, no, it's just cause yeah. Cause I mean, the speed, the stolen bases are legit. I mean, he's, I mean, you give him 500 plate appearances. I don't see how anyone's going to be within 10 stolen bases of him. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And I, I think that's, that's the enticing part of, of Mondesi and the value there of him. Ryan, if, if for example, you, uh, and I think Rudy mentioned it, if, if perhaps you took Vlad round one, let's say round two, you follow it up with uh, Rafi Devers, maybe you take a, a starting pitcher in, in round three, Back around in round four, pairing like, Mondesi with those guys. I mean, you're probably not taking any of them guys. Your head's, I, your head's falling off here. My head's falling <laughs> off because you just planned my draft. I don't even know what just happened. I just oh, got all so- these players in a certain order. And I was like, I've never even mentioned doing any of that to anyone. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like the control going to my co-host in that way. Um, Sorry, buddy. No, it's all right. I'd... <laughs> Vlad Devers, <laughs> SP, and Mondesi. I don't see myself really drafting Mondesi. You know, no. if you could guarantee me the health and you could guarantee me 500 plate appearances, sure, because he'd probably, he does have a bit of power. He'd probably gonna, he would hit 14 home runs over that time and he'd steal 40 plus bags. And that would be a yes, but you can't guarantee me the health. And you know what? I drafted him in 2019 uh, in a league and he had like, 10 homers and 45 steals and I, I like I love every second of it and I feel like yeah. I've had my Mondesi look already <laughs> you spent <laughs> I feel like yeah I feel like I've spent it at the bank already and I just don't you know I think he'll get hurt again I shouldn't predict injuries but I think no. he'll be spending quite a lot of time on the sidelines or where's where's Dr. Dave because he can't hit well, he actually can't hit that is a big problem like uh, he's, what I, he's, like, I would say he, he's just he's just an air hitter but yeah I think it's it's basically he's a, a he's a pretty mediocre major leaguer, yeah. Um, and then when you look at that team and you go, so it was different when you're like, they have they have Merrifield who they're willing to put in the outfield. They really have nothing else in the middle. And then last year, Nicky Lopez was serviceable, um, and now they have Bobby Witt coming up, and you're like, okay, well, two of those three, if. If, if now Montessi's only way in is as a third baseman, it's a lot easier to get rid of him because he's not mm-hmm. going to be great defensively. Yep. So he it's just so much more fragile um, on the playing time side. Because um, the thing is, like, if you draft him, 
you just just get me 500 plate appearances because he will hit enough homers and you'll take a little bit of a hit on maybe the other stats besides stolen bases but he's actually not i wouldn't say he's really a sieve in anything like like i like a a gallo or suarez would be an average he's not that bad probably because he's so damn fast it's just yeah you know that between injuries and his the fact that yeah he could just become a role player mm. um it's a really it, good point yeah. really is you just that's the thing with as you said as they start to kind of bring up bobby Witt, one or two other guys perhaps kind of supplement the lineup next thing is mondesi's really you know he's a fantasy darling but really like i said he's a bang average player so he's yeah. going to be in the firing line to be replaced and become like a role bench dude all of yeah. a sudden i mean that, get that's i mean right that i mean like that was kind of billy hamilton's yeah i mean but billy hamilton had the plus at least had a plus glove mm-hmm. yeah. um and you know like because if billy billy hamilton if he couldn't play center a very good center field yeah he was never making he was never gonna play no that was his only path i never really it was easy for me to get rid of hamilton off my board though because there was like not any power or hardly any like so i used to hate that sort sure. of thing i hated it so i could just get rid of it. the thing with mondesi that keeps you right there dreaming mondesi or call him whatever you want mondesi okay mondesi does he, with, wine, does he have a winery now in napa <laughs> oh boy it'd be expensive wine a thing with adalberto okay is, there you uh, go. you took the harder one there's in there's this enticing power that's what key i think that's what key is like oh he's gonna hit me 14 dingers and steal 50 bases oh yeah he's he's yeah he's toolsy he's kind of yeah. like he's but he's, he's like the pure just power speed and nothing else. Yeah. Kind of like a Franchi Cordero. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah, I'm not drafting him. <laughs> oh, man. Those Franchi Cordero bombs where you're just like, oh, how did this guy not figure it out? <laughs> um, but, okay. So, who, who do you guys have next? I, I'm assuming. Is, okay. it, is it my. Yeah. Who do you got? It's our it's our good friend from last year's episode. It yeah, is Nolan so. Torpedo Arenado, <laughs> and it yeah. was one of my favorite quotes of the entire season from last year. The way you just said, "I, I, I," you know, he's gonna. I hope everyone takes him. I hope someone else takes him because he's gonna seriously torpedo their draft. It was something along that. We we absolutely yeah. cracked up on that one. It was a great, great, great quote. Yeah, that that one didn't age super well, but. I'm looking at I'm looking at the thing here. Yeah, I mean like he he the 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 the, the one of the, the obviously the underpinning of it was he was leaving cores. Yeah. Um and that didn't do any I mean like he hit his homer and RBI target more I mean like he didn't hit the 130 he'd done at other times but he hit well on the homer and RBI kind of like the metronomic way that Arenado had been. Um so that was definitely a loss. Um, the average, the average definitely f- was where I had projected. Mm-hmm. So that that part definitely came in because I think a lot of people were like, "Oh, he was a 280 hitter. What? He'll maybe go down to 270." And it's like, no, I don't think you realize, especially him because he hits a lot of pop ups. Like, I think he got a lot of cheap hits in course, and he went down to 255. Um, you know, and that's with a very good contact rate. It's because he's kind of slow. It's yeah. Like he's not going to have a high, he shouldn't have a high Babbitt and he didn't on the road. And so, um, yeah, so that, but which, yeah. So I guess in, in some ways I've, my projections are, you know, we're going to steamer have corrected because now I've got him at 73 and I've got him at ADP at like 72. Um, so Maybe it's a little bit meeting in the middle. Maybe it was like, okay, he's he's shown something at least on the power side that maybe he was a little bit, you know, we've seen it, but we saw it with LeMahieu. Um, I'm trying to think of there. I feel like there's maybe even another course player that surprisingly, oh, me, no. I don't think there's anyone else that did surpri- showed surprisingly little power decrease uh, when leaving cores, but Maybe Lemayhu's still the the only guy. Um, so yeah, so I think he's perfectly suitable. He's not gonna not gonna kill you on average. Not gonna be you know, but 
seems like a, a, a solid 30-90 guy. Yeah. Um, Looks solid. What is it about yeah. Arenado? Like looking at him, it seems to me that he's overachieved um, on his home run to fly ball rate, like consistently through his career. Like um, it just seems that he hits a lot more homers than maybe his underlying stats suggest that maybe he should. Now I know he's got he hits a lot of fly balls, as you say, and and actually yeah. that was the most fly balls that he's hit. He hit fifty percent fly balls last year, which which is pretty nuts. Um, but it just seems consistently he's actually hitting more than maybe the under underlying stats suggest. Mm-hmm. I mean, normally maybe you'd sort of like okay, so I'm going to project him down. But if he keeps doing that, if he's doing it year on year, is this a skills thing? Like, what's well, he doing? I mean, the tough thing, third baseman fall off. I feel like second and third baseman are the fall off cliffs. Uh, they're, they're, their their stats kind of decline pretty quick. It also goes tends to go with um, health. I mean, he, he's had it. The, the number one thing to say about Arenado is he has insane health. He had 650 plate appearances last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's been over 650, like each of his last four at least full years. Yeah. Um, so that obviously helps on the homers. But yeah, no, he, he, I mean, like Longoria had this type of. No, no. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue that Longoria in his prime wouldn't have hit. 40 homers in cores either um he played at a pretty bad homer park so yeah i mean i think there's definitely a chance arenado kind of slips off you know from this 34 35 into you know i wouldn't be surprised in the next year or two he starts going into two years from now he's a 20 to 25 homer guy mm-hmm. um and his defense you know regresses down to league average like this stuff just happens uh, aside from people aside from adrian beltre i feel like um but i mean longoria i said i mean you um and i mean david wright i mean these are guys that had are i would probably arguably as good if not better starts to their career and it just seems like that is more the norm like the beltres are the freaks and um so i don't know on that on arenado but uh so it's it's a solid skill set um Mm. You know, and yeah, I mean, so I, I, I think it's a solid value. Are you going to be taking um, any Arenado this year then? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not opposed. I mean, like where he'd be going, I think it's decent value. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it would depend on the construct. I mean, a lot of it when thinking things like that early is just like you pretty much have to take him in like the fifth round. Maybe if not the fifth round, extremely early six. I think he's going to be a guy with a very narrow window. Yeah. And sometimes it's just like, that's the round where you're hitting pitcher very hard mm-hmm. or there's a certain guy that you really want. So that would, but I, uh, you know, like I could see squinting and saying, how could you justify Riley multiple rounds higher than Arenado? I could see it. I, I have it in the projections. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and a decent amount of that's average that I don't feel as confident on. Yep. Yeah, seems fair. Ryan, the next guy after this, tell me, I, I, need, I need you to tell me what the hell's going on with Alex Bregman. I really need you to tell me what's going on. What's happened to Bregman? Um, he's going around about 100th overall now. So uh, it's been... A spotty two years for him, let's say, or I guess a season and a half, though, really, right? Um, but actually, I mean, in reality, he only played half a season last year. So it's not been good, though, since he had a real high spot, I think, in 2019. So mm-hmm. Bregman, for you, buddy, where do you land on him now? 100th overall, and generally, what the hell's going on with him? <laughs> well, it's a pretty interesting case of a guy who, he maxed out the plate appearances in those two seasons, 2018, and then, as you mentioned, 2019. Mm. Um, so, I mean, that is one thing. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but they, they were very high water marks for home run totals, yeah. um, definitely. Certainly 41. And even in those years, every single power metric you look at suggests that something dodgy was going on. Like there, it, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't just overachievement. It was overachievement on steroids like not mm-hmm. i'm not accusing him of being on steroids by the way just let me make sure i'm saying that um mm-hmm. 
something strange was in the waters. And so really the profile has never been a power bat. The profile has, now it may have helped. It helps probably that he hits. I mean, I think I heard um, Gray the other day on a podcast or someone talking about how um, Minute Maid Park is quite good for right-handed bats. And it's, you know, so that helps. It's helped Altuve over the years overachieve the home runs fly ball rate. It helps uh, him do it. Um, But, really he's just sort of leveling out at this guy that takes a lot of walks he makes good contact um but you know he's 28 years old he's had Mm. injury problems the power's always been questionable and it all just seems to be coming home to roost for a guy that now you need to bank on as a 260 hitter and what 22 home runs with no speed kind of thing and 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 if you're in like an on base percentage league and the walks count for something great Alex Bregman is still better than some of the other guys in this range but if you're not it's not really a profile that's going to excite anyone and and shouldn't I'm going nowhere near him I gotta be completely honest he's just I'm just not having it oh I, I, I sold you on not going after him there did Ooh. I was that enough for you to say no thanks 100% I mean it's funny again just referring back to last year's show I went off heavily on Gio Urshela. Uh, I don't know if you, re- you probably won't recall that, but I just, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, just went bananas on Urshela, saying, I'm not having it 150th overall. And I'm the same with Bregman. I'm just not having this whatsoever. Rudy, yeah. where do you sit on Bregman? Do you, have you got a different view than, than myself and Ryan? Mine's very strong. Uh, strong no. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, obviously, the, the narrative is is pretty strong, right? That That the feeling is that he... He uh, definitely benefited from home field advantages. Um, well put. That had nothing to do with the with the park dimensions. The, you know, <laughs> but what I think's interesting. I mean, like, I'm still seeing a guy with very high contact rates. Yeah. Um, and a very good eye. Yeah. And he he has been. I mean, forget 2020, right? So I don't really put much stock in that one. Um, Yeah, he was quite banged up last year. We've seen it with Altuve, where we were also, where I, I'm not going to say it's we, so uh, there there were people that were definitely um, happy to kind of like say, oh, yeah, Altuve was a total fluke. His power is gone. You can't be that small and hit homers. Um, and then suddenly he bounced back. I think that was 2018. He bounced back in 2019 and he, and he did it again in 2021. So I don't see any reason why Bregman can't bounce back to 30 homers. Mm. You know, like if, if he was swinging and he's got, he's, he's going to stay in that lineup. He's probably going to hit pretty high in that lineup, uh, especially with Correa gone. Um, it's a really good lineup. The park's good. Um, I think with health, I think, I think where he's being drafted now, I have it like as an ADP of 86. I don't, yeah, this NFBC. Um, I think that's spot on. Um, you know, yeah, I, I, it's again, it's kind of like with Arenado. I, it's really, do, do I want to take a third baseman here? Um, but if you, I mean, if you haven't hit maybe those first four guys, I don't think it's bad. And, and it's also the type of guy, I mean, when, when you, when I, ha, when I say kind of this stuff where I'm like, the value's fine. Um, it's less, it, it could be the guy that I'm like, you know what? I know it's probably maybe not a high percent chance, but if this guy's available at pick 92, hmm. if that, you know, I don't know what that, I guess would be the beginning of a seventh round and where you're drafting, but that that's where I'd earmark guys like this. I'm like, ah, I'm going to put him down. If he's around here, I'm going to take him. But I, guys like Arenado and Bergman, I feel like I want a little bit of a discount on. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, like, but I think with Bergman, it's like with that, like the runs, homers, RB, the runs and RBIs are going to be there. The average has a nice floor because of the contact rate. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out there. When you really get, when you really get down to it there, aside from the, if we if we threw out that the um, the the can banging or the, <laughs> how, the 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 pitch signaling, what what are we hating on? He's twenty eight. Mm. I mean, that's he's still in his prime. Everything, park, lineup, everything looks uh, his job security. 
everything looks really good. Right, that's it. Um, I'm back in on Bregman. I'm no, back I mean, in. I'm fully in. I just, just, no, <laughs> I just say it's an interesting. It. Yeah, no, I, I don't hate on him. I agree. I agree. He's oh. a really good base, but like, um, no, no, you wouldn't say that I wasn't. I'm just sort of thinking it through. I think the interesting is interesting. I sort of almost think of him in some ways. He's four years younger, but I'm thinking of him in the Anthony Rendon sort of mold that we're talking about guys that have really good batting eyes that take walks yep. that that um, do have some power potential. Um, and obviously, there's more injury concerns with Rendon, and he's had a bit more time out. But just as a profile, I do yeah. I like the baseball player. Um, probably, right. probably, and, 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 and they both and they both were right, and they were both good gloves. I, I don't know if, yeah, I want to say they were both at least. I mean, obviously, Bregman, you know, got time at shortstop, um, so clearly not bomb level. Um, but I do think Rendon's a good example because, yeah, I mean, I'm looking back, I, I mean, yeah, like at some point it, it, early in his career, he was like a 20 homer guy, mm-hmm. and you know, of yeah. You know, he he would miss some time he definitely had some um and yeah he eventually peaked in that uh 2019 season um yeah and he's had injury concerns but like i said when when you've got those various things i mean like yeah i don't know i I, i'm kind of talking myself more and more into bregman um because i said i i just think aside from the injuries i mean i I don't see how he doesn't get 20 homers. Like, I don't think he's, and, and we know what the ceiling is with his cheap, cheap uh, Crawford box uh, homers. So just, yeah. I, I, I just say, keep in an open mind and avoid those. Like, cause I feel like Altuve always had, you know, his size definitely led to a lot of jokes. And I mean, I work at Roswell. <laughs> so uh, we, we understand the jokes things. But it's it's one thing when you're drafting, try to keep that stuff out of your mind and really get down to like, are there reasons or is there really good reasons? Like we had with Mondesi. Mm. Ooh, do I really want this on my team? Do I do I do I don't believe are there is there parts of his skill set I just don't believe are major league quality and lead to um you know, could lead to real time playing concerns and and then fantasy stat concerns. Um so yeah, and yeah, so I so yeah, that's that's John Bergman. Who who do we got well, next? Well, guys, that is J Ram, Devers, Machado, Mondesi, Riley, Arenado, and Bregman. They're the guys. They're the seven names going in the top one hundred picks. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that seven. Those seven names, to be honest with you, um, it's, it's, a, it's a little dodgy. It's it, it, there's, it's a bit dicey there. Yeah, it feels like there's been better years, but it does. You know, it does. I said, I think every position is deep enough that it's like, there'll be guys. I, I do like how third baseman there, there's guys who just have multi-position eligibility that even though, and they'll gain it potentially throughout the year. Mm-hmm. It's not going to like, you look down, you're like at a 15 team league and you're like, could you imagine starting Abraham Toro at their base? Like, yeah, I could probably, I, I could see yeah. that for a couple It'd of make weeks. It work. Yeah. So it's like, and that's already like, I don't know how far down it on the list is. So, oh, Taro's yeah. 21st. 21st uh, yeah, third baseman okay. off the board. So, yeah. I mean, like Carter Kaboom or Brian Anderson. That's another thing. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, hey, hey. Uh, but uh, wait, so who, who, who do we have next? Is it? Yeah. Is so we got a little Bri- cluster. Brian yeah. or LeMahieu? KB. KB's next. Then Rendon, we just touched on, and oh, LeMahieu. So these kind of three. Yep. Uh, well, Brian's pretty much in the top 100. He's just right after Bregman. Yeah. Um, so KB, and then you've got Rendon and LeMahieu. Um, where, where are you sitting then, Rudy, on, on KB? I mean, clearly we we don't know where he's going to be playing, so that kind of doesn't help us. But Yeah, I mean, the challenge with – it's like the, the average has kind of been going downhill. Um, he, he, I mean, last year was a decent bounce back, but I have him as kind of a guy who's like – and on average, because he's, you know, his K rate's still pretty high. Um, you know, I a little bit on speed. You know, the the power is fine. It's still nowhere close to where I thought he'd really be. I thought he could be stand like almost like a little Stantonian where it's yeah, just like, yeah. Um, so and then it's just the injuries have been tough with him. 
Um, you do get outfield eligibility, which gives a little flex of, which helps a little. Um, uh, he, he might get first base eligibility depending on where he goes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't see him. I, I have him as not a great value where he's going. So mm-hmm. he's off. He's ostensibly off my board. Um, but yeah, it, I, I think it's, it's a tough, it's a tough sell with maybe that position eligibility being one thing that that's in his favor that, that, that might sway me a little bit more in like a draft champions league. Yep. Or, or a best ball maybe yep. even where. Um, Plug and play. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, 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 that it's almost like your bat, your, uh, it's a more efficient bench or, you know, when you, when you can do something like that. Yeah. Makes sense. Ryan, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rendon, LeMayhew there, you know, ADP wise, there is a round's worth of, difference between them but nevertheless uh how are you seeing this cluster of three i know how you feel about lemayhu already so we we probably don't need to cover too much there he's off your board he'll forever be off your board i believe it's it's more reasonable than it was last year where where were people drafting him last year? oh it was like 30th 30th overall or something yeah something crazy okay so that that was insane but yeah you can you can draft him this year and lose less money but still lose if you want um yep uh, Bregman and Rendone and then Bryant. Well, I was just thinking into that. So now I'm trying to sort of like put all the pieces together and figure out how I feel about each one of those three, really, because they're not, mm. you know, that there are differences. There's a big difference with Bryant, and that's that the contact rate's just not as good because he does strike out a lot and he does, um, he walks, he takes his walks, he does have power. Um, Chris Bryant. I don't think I'm totally against drafting Chris Bryant. Um, I think the one that I would probably avoid of of them is Rendon could be a nice value, but does anyone? It just comes down to trusting the health, and it sounds yeah. awful. But but at this point, is that a yeah. risk that you want to take at this point in a draft? Is it when you've got all these other guys that you could take, and you could even take it's... some later that are less risky? Like it's horrible to just sort of put it down to that one thing, but that is basically the thought process. Yeah, I think I think yet last year, yeah, that the hip was bad, and I mean, like maybe it, yeah, I assume it's fixed, but um, yeah, it, it third baseman, you got to really be worried as they get over thirty and they start having some injury concerns. Um, <laughs> I've so, just had a flashback there, guys. Last year we were talking about hips as well. There was references to Shakira. There was all sorts oh. of references going on, but it was about Matt Chapman. He had a hip problem uh, that we were talking that, about. That, yeah, and that that was I mean he's he's plummeted down draft boards. Mm. Um I mean he so he, you know so yeah it I mean these things do come into to play. Um he's definitely one I have as a super fade. Um mm. his average I just have is atrocious which is mm. surprising. Um but yeah, yeah so I, I know I have I have like Rendon and Bryant as and Lemay I have them as unlikely based on draft value. I have LeMahieu very unlikely because of roster construction preferences. Yep. What about Cabrian Hayes? Because I think you know, he's the 11th guy off the board. Intriguing, perhaps. So where do you sit on him, Rudy? Well, the weird thing, I mean, like he showed some speed. Um, you know, so, I mean, chipping in like 10 plus stolen bases is, is has some value. Um, and then going into last year, his contact rate was the most appealing thing. Um, little concern. Yeah. I'd, power is tough in Pittsburgh and, you know, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's not bad. I, I tell you, it's, it's the speed, which I mean, I remember looking up just last night and I'm like, I'm still not sold on it, but mm-hmm. yeah, that, that definitely opens things up up a little bit i mean the guy is gonna and conceivably hit in the middle of the lineup with brian reynolds you know or somewhere at top of the lineup i don't mind i think it's 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 an okay one it it's one where i any guy with at least some semblance of speed especially in at this position because once you get past mondesi there's really none um I don't mind maybe reaching a little bit for, but I'm trying, but 
I mean, yeah, he had nine stolen. I mean, he had 10 stolen bases a year in the minors. He had nine last year in 421. I mean, that's not, it's not bad. No. Um, I mean, you know, if we're worried about the Guardians offense and what that does to rate stats, then we need to be worried about oh, well, that, Pirates. I mean, well, that, oh, <laughs> we are. No, that, that, that basically factors in. I mean, plus you, it's hard to hit homers there. Um, yeah. I mean, but. You know, I think it's it's not bad for average, I want to say. And we just obviously Brian Reynolds had a really big year or a, a, a definitely led to some profit last year. Um, yeah, so definitely I wouldn't say Brian Hayes is a target, um, but you could I could see how with certain roster builds, maybe if you've already got power in the bank. Um, I could see leaning a little his way. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that is the concern that I don't think uh, I'd put the over under under 20 homers and you start and, and it's and then you're like, well, is he going to be plus average? It's like, eh, he'll be fine. Maybe, you know, like it's kind of a the profile kind of breaks down if you if you took away the 10 stolen bases. And you know, I'm quick to say, like, all it takes is like one cramp in April and that 10 basis yeah. becomes like one. Exactly. Um, we, so, you know, but um, yeah, so it's kind of, kind of little shaky there. It's, it's it just seems like so many of the third basemen around this area. So I think I, I'm, I'm guessing the next guy you have on the list is Moncada. Correct. Moncada and next up. It's just a, it's a similar guy where it's like, it's hard to get super excited about him. Mm-hmm. The really speed is. never, Speed never showed up. I don't know what happened there because it was there in the minors. You know, batting average isn't there really. Um, nothing. No. I mean, it, nothing's it, just, Is anything there for Moncada? It's, it, he's pretty. I mean, it's kind of like Cabrian Hayes, but except you know, a better lineup, maybe a little better park for power. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but neither. But I guess the thing that to note on this stuff is like. Just because someone's just okay across the five categories, because it um, doesn't rule them out. I mean, you're talking about maybe the tenth round, ninth or tenth round, and you know, they're they're still kind of nice little building blocks. And it does, it you know, it does kind of drop off a little bit after this, where you're definitely um, squinting more, <laughs> whether it be playing time concerns or other things that some players going. Um, I tend to be the type to think, I'll be honest to say, like, if the, if I'm going to be the 12th guy to get a third baseman at a 15, I kind of want to run it to E. <laughs> yeah. That it's like, because I know people are going crazy, like, because those third basemen are so, eh, that um, people aren't dying to take two. Kind of like with catchers. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to take two catchers in a lot of leagues. But um so the thinking's like, okay, well, if I can, if basically the the guys, the rest of the guys go at a a, di- a discount from where I have it, why take a guy at uh, at price? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, I, I'm I'm finding myself pretty aligned with ADP on a lot of these third basemen. Although I think the next two I'm more bullish on. Well. I'm conscious of time, guys, in that we said we would go around an hour or so, and I think it we're into squint time now. I think that's a good segue, and so I'll kind of throw it to you guys to say, listen, as you squint a little bit, where is your eye taking you to? Who are your favorite targets? Ryan, I'll let you take, uh, you know, throw a name or two out there that you're kind of looking at. I mean, these are guys going, you know, basically after Moncada, beyond Moncada, squinting. Who you like in the kind of later round, guys? I I would take regardless of his age i would take justin turner mm. um before quite a few of the guys that we, we've already mentioned especially yeah. if i'm going to get him cheaper like i understand that he's 37 but the contact rates there he takes walks he hits everything hard the power's in the profile he's in a good lineup they just introduced the dh so if he you know oh justin you want a little rest oh you have a little rest yeah. but you ain't leaving our lineup because you're one of our best hitters and Muncy's, it feels a wonky one doesn't it it feels well, wonky this adp for turner does it not I don't it has know. done for a while i mean they, yeah. often yeah. what happens i think what happens when in the fantasy community is it just becomes completely ageist i mean there's one thing predicting injury 
but you you don't predict injury just by virtue of one stat and that stat is age because that isn't fair on a guy who you know he's he might miss the odd game i get that he's 37 mm. but <laughs> i like justin turner at, at the value that he's at yeah. right now um even as your corner infielder guy right even if it's you know yeah yeah oh absolutely if you're slotting him along with someone that you got earlier on i think yeah. you're flying um me too there's there's a few guys that i sort of after that i don't i don't think i get super excited other than that i sounded fairly excited there um ryan mcmahon that, no well ryan mcmahon <laughs> is ryan mcmahon like that's just a 240 hitter that's got some power but i don't think he's going to explode i think he's pretty much who he is at this point um same sort of thing with like Escobar, Eduardo Escobar, sort of just who he is, maybe a better average than McMahon and slightly less power upside. But um I guess I kind of I kind of feel like maybe Candelario has a little bit left in the tank for Detroit. I mean there are lineup concerns there, but he gets buyers in with him now. That might sort of light a spark up some of the Tigers asses. I don't know. Or maybe mm. they just get excited by like, oh, this is an actual major leaguer that we're playing with. I've seen him on the telly before. Like maybe I'll start playing. I don't know. I like Candelario. Um I like him. I mean I don't love him. Like it's it's okay. Um yeah. <laughs> I, Chapman's an interesting one because there's still he's still an injury <laughs> worry and uh, as Rudy says, I think we're right at this point to sort of think he might have to. The contact rate's so bad at this point that two thirty seems wishful thinking. But um, the power is legitimate. He just doesn't hit any line drives at this point, um, which is bizarre. I don't think I'll be drafting Chapman anywhere because just because it's a discount from last year doesn't mean that it's good. Um, it just means that last year was wrong. <laughs> um, I think I say that fairly often. I kind of like Evan Longoria if he's healthy I, you know i like him i don't i don't love him and and other than that we start squinting even more don't we but I yeah kind of, we start looking at other positions i think well i'm interested in josh young i don't know what they're gonna do my worry is the lad at texas might not start with a big league club um is it young jung i don't know yeah. what, are we, what are we going with young i kind of like i like the player mm-hmm. but i don't think we can project him for more than about 420 at bats so probably yeah. avoid that as well seems fair Rudy, what about you? When you squint in, who are you, yeah. you landing yeah. on? Yeah, I mean, I, I like Turner again. I liked mm-hmm. him last year um, as yeah, in the same band as Riley. Um, but um, so, yeah, I, yeah, so agree with you guys on Turner. Uh, I like McMahon. I'm a sucker for cores. Um, this is, may, you know, maybe, yeah, I, I'd like to think he would have figured it out by now. Um, to not be just what he is, which is like 245 and 25 homers. But, um, you know, I, I could see giving it one more try. I do like, you know, with him playing second and third, um, that's the type where I, I'd probably draft him as kind of a wild card and then have another guy who I could slot in for, uh, you know, some of the road starts. Um, so, I, so I feel like I can get like a good – a very good 400 plate appearances out of McMahon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and build around that. Um, I like, um, you know, I'm still open on someone like Donaldson. Um, you know, like that's a guy that, yeah, you, you're going to want another third base eligible guy, but still has good contact. Um, and then squinting more um, <laughs> with DH. I, I still, I'm not willing to count out Moustakis yet. Um, there's, it's a little fuzzy going on in Cincinnati, but I mean, I still think he has, he has that power. He's not that old. Um, he just, he just could not get healthy last year with his heel. And I, I think that could resolve, um, mm. you know, and then, you know, you go down, I mean, like, I think guys I didn't mention, I'm, I tend to be more on the fading, um, you know, I mean, even a, a guy like just really depends on the format i guess like someone like a Yan- yandy diaz i don't really want on my teams i've had him um but like it just matters if he's, he's around late enough it just is not a bad bench bat to have with a first third eligibility especially if you've got like a few a little a few more flexibility guys um yeah but i, I can't i can't believe how far uh Biggio fell mm. but he was de- but i i 
I imagine on that, I, I definitely had him as an extremely hard fade last year. You did. I can confirm that you did. Uh, yeah. We we did talk about him, and and you were. It was a one of the hardest fades, if not the hardest, on Bijou. I, I had him like two hundred picks overvalued. Yeah, I um, think so. And now and now I have him at almost exactly ADP at two eighty. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean it just gets at like you can't get too uh, in love with things like oh, but the OBP um, mm. when everything else is a bit challenged and. I mean, that gets into like some of the mile straw discussions where it's like, you know, there's, there's playing time concerns in general. If, if you're, if that's your strongest skill and everything else is like, I mean, obviously straw could run and field. Okay. But um, when you're so lacking in things like power yeah, and in Biggio's case, contact rate, I don't think he's a plus glove. Um, I'm, I'm even slightly intrigued by Espinal, who's on Toronto, um, who's a third base prospect with ve- like very good contact rates. But mm-hmm. okay. oh, and then um, yeah, a pure kind of like best ball type guy would be Patrick Wisdom because I think uh, I was just going to bring him up. It's Austin pa- Riley 2.0. Patrick the Wisdom, power. Right? I mean, he's old. I think he's old for his. Is he 30? Life. Right? Is he 31? 30? Patrick Wisdom. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, um, that, um, but, but there's some real power there, and there there's an, oh, there's a middle of the lineup, just a chasm yeah. on that team that he could fill. So, I mean, it could be 30 homers, 220. Yeah. Um, but, but I think thinking about guys like that on, in kind of best ball and trying to like identify like who, you know, who could have like really good weeks. Um, and, yeah, so like a wisdom would definitely be on my radar for that type yeah. of format. Yeah. That was the only guy I was going to bring up then as you, um, as like uh, as a late one. Go on, Ryan. Does anyone share my lifelong love and you know not in any sort of great way that I'm targeting him, but lifelong love for Wilma Flores? Like I, I just feel I felt like last year Wilma Flores is just he's the one giant that over sort of overachieved a little bit that didn't surprise me that much, except I was a bit disappointed that he didn't overachieve more like Brandon Crawford. <laughs> so I feel like maybe he's just a year, a year late to the party and actually it's all going to come together and he's going to hit like 24 home runs instead of 16 at some point. I that, don't know. That was just, a, I mean, it seemed like such a weird year with the Giants and just like a lot of guys just hitting their, their 90th percentile outcomes on like, and I don't, I don't know if, you know, that park seemed to play a little differently. I, I it's, it was, uh, yeah, I don't know. Flores is always a guy. Cause I think he projects his pretty good average. So he, on a week to week basis, he's definitely been a guy that I've spent, uh, a couple of bucks on fab on yeah. him. Um, so he, he's kind of on the right. Oh, and then throwing it out there. Um, <laughs> I like um, no. This is his dig. I, I had to scroll one more time. Um, <laughs> a little Jose Miranda, a Minnesota prospect. Mm. I was reading up on him. I'm kind of intrigued. I think you know that there there might be because you know when we think about like someone like Arias, you know, could play multiple positions and you know like yeah, I, I and and yeah, I could see uh, with. Cruz gone, Donaldson maybe gets more DH time. Mm. Miranda might actually be a DH target because I don't think he's a great third baseman. But a guy worth looking into because I think he's got um, he had a very good was very good in the minors last year. Yeah, good. Another name to look out for for sure. There's uh, there's been a lack of uh, Brian Anderson talk this year, but I won't I won't dwell on that, guys. He's he's absolutely slid way down there. Shoulder problems for BA, so you know the end joey wendell maybe will be at third base for the marlins nevertheless Oof. i think we've covered it guys i think they really just... are yeah we're really <laughs> scraping it now hey actually check out check out wendell's splits actually away from from the trop um he hits actually really well outside of the trop a little bit kind of i guess the the adames comp or whatever right where you you take him out and all of a sudden he becomes a stud so just to hey, kind of sneakily if you call that think one. i'm spending my spare time checking out joey wendell's splits you got another thing coming. 
Come on, these are the these are the little nuggets, mate. Doing it now, I'm doing lead. it now. I know you are, I know you are. You're straight onto it. <laughs> Guys, I think I've just about managed to steer the ship for about an hour and five minutes. It's not too bad by our by our usual timekeeping. Um, Rudy, I have to thank you again for coming back. And I'll ask you now straight up. Are you coming back for next year as well? Third base preview. Part. Yeah, we'll see. I, I feel like I didn't make any bold calls like last year. So I got, you know, like, so, yeah, so. I'll yeah, give you final word. No, you, I don't you, have. There's you. third base. Third base is the market's efficient this year. They didn't ah. go crazy on BGO. They, they, yeah. So the, the, the market's corrected. I feel like, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's put it on pencil for third base 2023. There we go. Um, and we could see, yeah, if any, if any of my mild predictions came true. <laughs> Sounds great. Rudy, where can everyone get you on Twitter? I know you're active on there. Where, If they aren't following yeah. you, which they probably are, but where can they get you? Yeah, uh, at Rudy Gamble. <clears throat> and of and course... That, yeah, I run the Rasball, all the tools and the, the projections and the, the season-long... Uh, yeah, right now is the time to get the season-long package. You're going to get weekly and daily projections in season, and you get a draft rooms right now for snake drafts best balls and auctions all all complimentary all for the price that other sites charge for discord access i don't know well don't forget to use your your promo code of roto brits and uh (laughs) yeah i I don't know what'll happen with that yeah (laughs) could blow it up awesome you you, you get a coop a 25 set off coupon for your next purchase of toblerone (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> absolutely Toblerone selling off the shelves here crazy of course but Rudy yeah, it's been great it's... to have you back on of course buddy it was it was a lot of fun Ryan what a legend enjoyed that guys third base is an interesting position I think there is a, a couple of hidden gems but nevertheless I think it is a little bit top heavy and so perhaps you want to do some business early with them guys um, guys we are taking a week break on Roto Brits as uh, your your host is going to Spain and will not be allowed to be recording any podcasts uh, as per the boss. So my wife has said no podcasting, so we are having a week off. When we return, it will be the outfield that we shift to. Ryan will be working on guests. Last year, I know Michael Govier was in the mix for at least one of those parts, so stay tuned for that. Uh, that is us done on Roto Brits. That's myself, Ryan Owen, Rudy Gamble, signing out for third base position preview. Back in two weeks with the outfield. 